Welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast powered by Sarda. I'm Cliff Hickman of the Canton Repository along with Joe Scalzo of the Rep. And we're reviewing Friday night in week nine. The biggest game of the week in the Federal League was McKinley and Perry. A lot of league league title implications there. Joe was out there. Uh, The Bulldogs defeat the Panthers 28-17. Joe, uh, what did you see? Well, before I say this, Cliff, I'm not feeling the energy man you feel like a guy who's uh been through nine weeks of uh of football i i'm feeling like a guy that got the flu this week despite having a flu shot and uh <laughs> finally feel somewhat normal and have had a long night taking box scores <laughs> uh yeah let's talk let's talk mckinley because uh, you know i felt like um you know they felt they they came they, they fell behind 10 nothing and, and uh, came back and scored 28 points unanswered before uh, Perry scored just on a long touchdown run or touchdown pass in the last minute. And, and I felt like from, from, you know, midway through the second quarter through probably the end of the third quarter, that was as good as I'd seen McKinley play all year. I've seen him four or five times and, and they, they look like the team that, that you knew they could be. Um, they just, you know, they, they shut down Perry's run game um, they, they look dynamic on offense, especially with Lemire Garrett running and, and Elijah Wesley had a 70 yard touchdown and just, just looking like a team that, that, uh, you know, not only can, you know, obviously make the playoffs, but make some noise in the playoffs and, you know, provided that they can avoid one of those monsters in the first round or two, but, um, they clinched their first outright federal league title since 2013. They beat Perry for the first time in five years and they head into, a, you know, a huge game with, against mass and, you know, with a lot of momentum and a lot of confidence. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about with Maslin here in a little bit, but going back to Perry, uh, the Panthers were kind of driving to get back in the game there in the second half, and McKinley is able to force a turnover on a long run to kind of put some distance between themselves and the Panthers. Yeah, Deion kind of broke through the line. He he was five yards from scoring at the end of like a 60-yard run, and, and Jonah Lytle just didn't give up on the play punched the ball out from behind ended up rolling in the end zone and they recovered in the, in the for a touchback and and at that point it was it was still a game and um it, it, you know that's the kind of thing that that you know sometimes you're not just going to stop somebody and make them punt every time you got to make plays and he made a play and and uh they, they just had guys on defense making plays everywhere and and uh you know they, they they've had talent all year it's just they're they're now putting it together and and uh, you're seeing kind of a scary team, and you know they're eight and one, and and uh, I think their best football is still ahead of them. And McKinley rolling heading into Week Ten. Uh, we'll stay in the Federal League. St. Vincent St. Mary defeats Hoover thirty-five to seventeen. The big story there is Connor Ashby leaves the game with, uh, I guess, what we can describe as concussion-like symptoms. There's no official word on that, but it seemed like they were leaning mm-hmm. towards that direction and everything that was said in the post game. Yeah, and it's it's disappointing because I think you know you look at that score thirty-five seventeen. Obviously, when he went down, he's such a huge part of their team they were in the game yeah they were in the game at that point and you you think you know they could have made a game of it and obviously it's a huge loss from a playoff standpoint because they're probably going to drop to like nine um in their region at at, you know at the end of the night and then uh, they got to beat jackson next week to to make it and 
Um, you know, Jackson's playing great football. So, um, you know, we obviously you hope for for Ashby's health, just you know, from the Hoover standpoint to get make a game. But from I think from a football fan standpoint, everybody who watches that kid loves watching him play. So, um, a lot of reasons to root for him to be okay. And and obviously we'll have more on that, you know, later in the week. Yeah, be sure to check back at uh, FridayNightOhio.com frequently for updates. And you mentioned Jackson. They continue to roll. They defeat Green 41-6, to a huge night for Ethan Adkins as the Polar Bears just uh, continue to churn toward the postseason. Yeah, and, and you know, and Green is they, – they're, they're, I think they're 2-7, and seven, but they've been playing competitive football. So this score is, is uh, you know, kind of a compliment to Jackson. They just took care of business and – and uh, you know they were disappointed in how they played um, a couple of weeks ago when they lost to McKinley, but you know they they've played good football all year, and, and that looks like a confident team, and they're going to be a playoff team, and and uh, you know I'm sure they're still kind of burning from from last year's last you know last minute loss to Hoover, and that's a big game anyway, so. Um, you, you know, you kind of look and and they're 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 kind of doing what they need to do at this point in the year. <laughs> And the last federal game, uh, federal league game, Lake defeats Glen Oak seventeen to three. The Blue Streaks finally pass that rugged stretch in their schedule, Joe. <laughs> yeah, and you just think, boy, you know, of all the what ifs this season, if Lake could have just beat either Hoover or McKinley, they're probably a playoff team, and and instead they're you know they're, they're probably going to miss it by a slot or two, and and uh, you know. Dre Owens didn't play tonight again, and he's still hurt. And you know, obviously, they lost their best player, probably David Rhodes. And and uh, it's just one of those years where mm, you you kind of think if they could have played Glen Oak maybe a couple weeks ago, got some confidence, it, it would have been a different story. But um, bounce back win for them. They, they have a chance to at least finish with a winning season again next week against Green, and 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 kind of build some momentum heading into the off season because I think. Um, there, there's a lot of high expectations about what their junior class might be able to do next year, and, and I'm sure that they want to, you know, do everything they can to, to you know, get some some positive energy heading in into the end of this year. And the big non-conference game that was on everybody's mind coming into the night: Maslin defeats Louisville. 24 to 0. Again, another big injury there. Aiden Longwell got knocked out of this game and uh no word on him yet, Joe. No, he's shaken up. I th- I think there was concern maybe a concussion, but he, he you know, my understanding is he was on the sideline at the end of the game and, and it might have been precautionary. Well, uh, again, it's another thing that we'll we'll know more at the end of the week, but um he, he's a huge part of what they do and and I I think you saw when he went down tonight, um, you know, it, it, it affected the game in a lot of ways. And, and they had a couple of injuries. I think their center went down. Um, that, that is true. I think Keyes, their running back, was banged up. I think Ballard got a little banged up, their receiver. And and so, um, you, you know, it's one of those things where if McKinley and Maslin had played in week two or three, McKinley – probably loses that game by three touchdowns or something like that but they've gotten better now you're seeing Maslin you know get a little banged up and uh, it's interesting you know because it's it doesn't happen until week 10 and so it's a very different situation than what you'd see early in the year when Maslin was just you know far and away the most dominant team in Stark County and now you know there's a little bit of a question about that game and um, you know, so uh, and as far as Louisville goes, I mean, again, it's kind of like Lake situation. That's a team that's good enough to make the playoffs. They're probably going to miss the playoffs just because their their schedule is filled with seven or eight teams that are bigger than they are. And 
you know, and, and they're just, you know, it's hard to, to constantly be doing that. And, and, uh, you know, they played Maslin as tough as probably anybody this year, uh, for three quarters. And they, you know, like Maslin, seven Oh yeah. <laughs> Maslin tacked on a couple scores at the end to make that, that score, you know, look probably worse than it was, but, um, you know, good night for them. And, but again, that independent schedule is kind of biting them in the butt right now. Yeah, you do have to say some good things about the Maslin defense, though. That's a pretty yeah. high-powered offense to <laughs> shut out. Colton Jones, pretty good. And I think they did it last year. Something like 41 uh yeah. was the score last year. So that's two years in a row that they shut out Louisville. So, um, you know, obviously we focus so much on, on Aiden Longwell and Jaden Ballard and last year, Demir Thomas and everything. But um, like you said, that's a lot. To, to do that to Louisville, not a lot of teams can do that. And we'll take a look at the Eastern Buckeye Conference in just a moment. First, though, we'd like to remind you the Friday Night Ohio podcast is powered by Sarda. Sarda, providing over 5,000 rides a day for work. Sarda provides over 2.4 million rides a year. Sarda takes you to work, school, medical appointments, and more. Sarda. Where can we take you today? <laughs> Cliff, you're playing hurt, man. <laughs> We're going to get you some like hot tea or something. Yeah, my voice is uh, kind of going here. But the, the big news in the EBC, the, the Week 10 matchup we thought would decide the league championship is now officially going to decide the league championship. Alliance and Minerva both win tonight. Alliance defeats uh, Minerva 55. Alliance and Marlington, excuse me. I think I just said Minerva twice alliance <laughs> defeated minerva 55 21 marlington beat west branch 31 24 both teams unbeaten in the ebc Braden hartsoe had a big night for the aviators his third game uh starting for brandon alexander it'd be interesting to see what his status is next week but hartsoe five touchdowns combined tonight and he really had the offense uh moving especially through the air four throwing touchdowns and marlington has to hold on late against west branch uh the running game really got shut down by the warriors anthony sabatino 97 yards rushing i believe they held him under 100 but cj griner was able to get things going through the air and help the duke survive that game but that was a game everyone circled or at least i did early in the season next week and that's mm-hmm. gonna that's gonna decide it. Yeah, and you know, we we mentioned West Branch since they lost to Minerva, they've been playing pretty good football. I mean, they they responded. They haven't won everything, but won every game. But uh, you you mentioned it. You know, it's it's so important to have balance this time of year. Um, you got to be able to run it and pass it, and you know. Going back to the Perry game, I mean, they, they Perry couldn't really run the ball tonight against McKinley. They they struggled to to make something happen, and tonight Marlington they they can't run it very well. But you know they have a guy in, in Griner who can who can win a game for you, and and uh, so and, and I think like you know we've been hard in the EBC, but um, these these were competitive some competitive games tonight. This is kind of a I mean Minerva probably gave alliance a little bit more trouble than people were expecting even it was it was a close game going into the second quarter i think at one point possibly tied 21 21 but mm-hmm. aviators just started rolling off points there yeah hearts so throwing the ball and that's kind of going to be interesting if alexander is able to come back next week Braden hearts has really got them moving the ball well yeah 
and uh, nice luxury to have, isn't it? It is. Uh, it is. It is. I think uh, a lot of the teams in the league would like to have one of those guys, uh, but Alliance has both, so. It's going to be interesting to see mm-hmm. what happens there. Yeah, and I'm sure you'll be writing quite a bit about that. And uh, and I'll be out there uh, next week. I've been informed. So be plenty of coverage of that game early next week. And speaking of winning football games, Joe Carrollton. Carrollton wins a game. They defeat Canton South 9-7. to Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I mentioned this. It, you know, it's funny. If anybody follows the OHSA commissioner, Jerry Snodgrass, on Twitter, he, he is every week he's updating the number of teams that are still winless in the state of Ohio, asking people to continue to support their teams. And just uh, and so I think, like, it's kind of just it's we played football. Football is hard and it's often unpleasant. I don't think any team should have to go winless. And, you know, when you at least get that one win, that one moment of feeling good about all the work you put in, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of fun. And, and, uh, so good for them. And, and, you know, they've been competitive in some games. They were, they're close. They just haven't been able to score enough points and tonight they get nine and that's just enough. So, so good for the Warriors. And finally, the non-conference game of the night. Salem defeats Kenmore 32-18. to That is the 13th straight non-conference win for Salem. Big game for them next week, though. You talk about rivalry week. They've got West Branch and the Warriors, like we said, have been playing pretty well. So this is probably a more interesting game in Week 10 than... It would have looked in week four. Yeah, and you mentioned the 13-game win streak. Well, I mean, let's face it. The reason it's 13 is because they're playing teams like Kenmore. Um, you know, they're not going to get punished for it. They'll probably end up making the playoffs. They're in good shape, especially if they beat West Branch next week. So, um, but, man, you know, there's some teams out there that played a, a really hard schedule and are going to be home in week 11 in, in Salem. You know, they they, they uh, played uh, two you know, Alliance and Marlington, they're probably the two best teams yeah. they played, and they lost both those games. Yeah, I think they, I mean, they might be the only two winning teams, you know, for all we know. So I have to look that up. But uh, I, I mean, we don't want to bash on, on Salem, but, you know, well, we're you play the schedule that's in front of you, Joe. That's yeah. all you can do. But you can't help but uh, look at that number, the 13 straight non conference wins and then look at the league records over the past few years and see the disconnect yeah i'm actually looking it up they have not they have not played anybody with a winning record other than marlington and alliance so that was their two losses so um but hey like Like you said said, you gotta play what's in front of you uh there's the the thing with the playoffs is joe it's a great equalizer once you get in there yeah, you might end up uh, playing somebody that's ten and zero, and and uh, but you know you still you'll still go down as a playoff team. So um, yeah, but uh, they're six and two, or was it seven and two, or something like yeah. that? So good for them. The Goodwill Drive to Victory returns this season. Fans are able to donate clothes and housewares at donation trailers set up at participating sites. Donations will be sold in local Goodwill stores and support employment programs for people in our community with disabilities or other barriers to employment. Donate stuff. Help your school. Help our community. And now we move on to the Pac-7, which has been one of the more exciting conferences in the area this year. And uh, the big score that jumps out, Joe, Manchester comes from behind to defeat Orville 29-26. to The big story there, Markel Parks did not play for Orville tonight. 
Yeah, and if you guys, uh, any eagle-eyed viewers or readers uh, would notice that a couple of us picked Manchester to win, and it was because Markel Parks got ejected late in last week's game. We knew he wasn't going to play, and you saw what Manchester did to, to, you know, I think it was Northwest last week. and Shut out Northwest, 30-plus yeah. point victory. There, there's something about Jim France teams that you get to those last few games of the season, regular season, and they just start just start clicking and Norville led this entire game it came down to the closing seconds for Manchester but Panthers find a way to get it done yeah and you know you take Markel Parks off Orville and <laughs> well there you that's a huge it. that's a huge thing and uh you know that suddenly Manchester has the best player in the field Nathan Wright and uh you know they, they were looking like maybe they were going to finish below 500 a couple weeks ago now they're looking like a team that could make some noise in the playoffs so what a difference a couple weeks make that snaps a 15 game winning streak dating back to last season for Orville. Wow. Well, they'll be all right once they get Parks back. So, yeah, They're, they'll be okay for the playoffs. <laughs> uh, Triway defeated Tuslaw 34 to 20, and Northwest held off Fairless 24 to 6. Braden Mick returned an interception for a touchdown. He has three pick sixes this season, Joe. He's a good player, isn't he? He's, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously. You know, people kind of like were hoping that he could be a big passing uh, impact this year, but he's. Oh, just, that's Jordan Mick. He had an. Oh, I'm sorry. There's. <laughs> it, it gets confusing with all those names, but uh, Jordan okay. Mick. You can't confuse between them, the mix. <laughs> they did a lot of. They provided a lot of stuff. You tonight. got a lot of good football coming out of those guys. Um, and Northwest, you know, that's the team that that uh, they got three losses, I think, and they're all a really, really, really good teams. Um, so hopefully they can sneak in and find a way to get in the playoffs because, um, you know, it's been a while for them, and, and that's a good football team. Yeah, Manchester, Orville, and Triway are all looking like pretty solid opponents to have losses to, you know. Yeah, and, you know, Tesla's scuffling a little bit. We thought like a couple weeks ago they were they were playing good football, but, um, you know, there's just good teams in this league this year, and, and there's, you know, a team like Fairless isn't bad, and, and Tesla isn't bad, so... Uh, Even CVCA, who, who yeah. tonight in a, I think a non-conference game, but there really was no off weeks uh, in the in the Pac-7. <laughs> Every week was a, you know, Loudonville's having a down year. Everyone yeah, else, they were Fairless good two years has kind of had a down year. The Loudonville was really good last year, mm-hmm. and Fairless is I think three and six now, but still, there's you know, yeah, holding. They were in that game, so it's Fairless is. Fairless uh, actually came back and took Manchester to overtime, so it's not like you could look past them either. Yeah. Ten years ago, it was Manchester and everybody else in that league, and it's a totally different story now. And it kind of makes things fun around here in the office when the updates roll in. Well, the Akron Children's Hospital Friday Night Ohio.com Game of the Week continues in Week 10. The live stream broadcast in partnership with iHeartRadio will be on FridayNightOhio.com and the Friday Night Ohio app. Sam Berkwin and company will have all that coverage beginning at 7 p.m. next week. A lot of good stuff to follow there. Well, just to wrap it up and take a look at some other games in the area, Joe, East Canton defeated Strasburg 34-19. Nathaniel Suntheimer with a big game for the Hornets tonight, Joe. And East Canton able to get back on a winning track here. Yeah, and, and the bad part is that they were, I think they are officially eliminated from the playoffs tonight. Um, 
four and five and you know it kind of ends the streak for them because they've been you know playing really great football the last few years over for for spider miller but you know got a chance to finish five and five next year or next week and you know get a good win tonight so um, good for the hornets and this score might not look much on the surface. Malvern defeated Tusky Central Catholic 42-27. to Here's the thing. Malvern scored 30 points in the fourth quarter to win that game. That included two pick sixes. So wow. that was quite the outburst. The Saints led this the entire way. Malvern forced five turnovers overall. And that game, that was the game that went about four hours tonight, Jeff. <laughs> that last quarter took a bit to play. Yeah, it's a 48-minute game though, right? That's what they always say. So you got to play for 48 minutes. And and uh, boy, that's a, I mean, that's a huge boost for them. And, and again, you know, they move into, I think they're sitting around eighth on the uh, the playoff rating. So a uh, good win for Malvern tonight. Yeah, Dirk Hutchison with another big week. Kenneth Martin caught a touchdown. He had one of the pick sixes. So Malvern, that's a really nice win for them. 30 points in a quarter. Anytime you see something like that, it's pretty special. <laughs> especially the fourth quarter. You usually yeah. you can see that sometimes as an overmatched team in the first or second quarter. But when a team's doing that and they're trailing, that's that's something. And finally, Sandy Valley defeated Buckeye Trail 28-8 tonight. And that's a really nice win for the Cardinals because Buckeye Trail has had a pretty nice season coming into this Yeah, game. I think they were 6-2 and two coming into this game. And, and uh, I think that moves Sandy Valley to 8-1. and one And, and uh, only hiccup was against a really, really good Indian Valley team. So they just keep going. And the only problem for them is that they're not getting a lot of help from any of the teams. I think Buckeye Trail was the first winning team they beat this year. Um, the only other one that they played was Indian Valley, so they haven't got a lot of points. But big matchup with Malvern next week to to um, to decide something. But uh, you know, just they keep they keep cheering out wins over there. Yeah, they're playing the schedule in front of them, as we mentioned. And I guess I should say Isaac Hickman there is the quarterback for Buckeye Trail. That is no relation. <laughs> just in case you were uh, wondering, there is no relation at all that I am aware of. If he starts growing a gray beard at like age thirty, we're gonna we're gonna have to get you a DNA test or something. But. Well, it's not mine. <laughs> well, thanks for downloading and listening to the Friday Night Ohio podcast, powered by Sarda. Sarda providing over five thousand rides a day for work sarda providing over 2.4 million rides a year sarda takes you to work school medical appointments and more sarda where can we take you today this is a podcast from the canton repository sports department look for our next episode early next week where we'll hopefully have updates and good news on all these injuries for joe scalzo i'm cliff hickman we'll see you then i'm going to get nyquil just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.